0: A very good evening to you and welcome along to this edition of Gospel for You. Gospel for You, we have started up to get the gospel out to many more places around the world and we started doing that back in April 2021 and now here we are in 2023 by God's grace and we're still broadcasting to Europe, North Africa and the Middle East and indeed to other places around the world. In this program we have a scripture and a theme and our theme for today is knowing God is more than a refuge. We have Psalm 59 verse 16 and Psalm 91 and both these Psalms speak about God's love. The first of these is uh, psalm 59 verse 16 but i will sing of your strength in the morning i will sing of your love for you are my fortress my refuge in times of trouble and here the psalmist namely king david is recognizing the real heart of god and that he knows that god loves him to the utmost as in fact god loves us For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And this is the essence of the gospel. And this is what we do in our programs. Come to that in a little bit later after we have also read from Psalm 91. Again, full of God's promises, full of God's promises of protection and provision. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his Feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation while full of real promises of what God is like. And it brings to mind some of God's names. And as you listen to this programme, Maybe some of these names will come to mind. And certainly this particular scripture puts me in mind of the following names. Al Echad, the one God. El Elian, most high God. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord Provider. Also, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my Banner; Particularly, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord my peace and it goes on there is much more if you listen in to this program then you'll find out a lot more in the program we have John chapter 3 verse 16 in Latvian Hebrew and Tamil Latvian and Hebrew uh, we're putting in because this goes out to Europe North Africa and the Middle East so uh, hopefully it goes out to Israel too But Tamil, we're putting in there because we recognise that people travel all over the place. So there could well be some Tamil people listening in London or in Paris or down in Greece or Cyprus. Anywhere where you are. Hopefully one of these, what we call your Gospels, John 3.16 in local languages, spoken so that people can take ownership of them and start believing them. But we want not only to be able to do that, but our heart, listeners, is much more. Our heart is to start working with believers from all denominations. And in such a way that people are encouraged to put all differences aside and start working in love and in unity to demonstrate the gospel, demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ to everyone one day so that in addition to local languages, people might experience the gospel through the language of love and the language of unity, action, perhaps even to accepting Christ as Lord and Saviour for themselves. That's the heart of what we're doing and one day we'll get there But just because it looks like too big a thing, listeners, that's no reason not to start. It's every reason to start, yes. And you do so in faith, believing that God will fill in the blanks. And that's all I can do. This vision is, for me, such a big vision. I can't possibly do it alone. I do need people alongside But it does need people who are very, very sure of the vision for themselves. People who have taken the vision on and are prepared to walk with it. So don't be afraid of big visions that God gives you. If he's given you a vision, pray about it. Then start walking. One foot in front of the other. And don't be afraid to tell God, look, I don't know, but I'm going to obey. That's what to do and that's what I've had to do. Now, I think we ought to get into your gospel in Latvian before we hear a life story, a testimony from an ex-prisoner. And we then later on will also hear a gospel message from Alex John Strachan. And he's speaking at Friendly Gospel Hall with a real gospel message. A little bit later on than that, towards the end of the program, you'll be able to respond to what you've heard in this program, perhaps, and uh, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. He is your gospel in Latvian.
1: Jāņa evaņģēlīs, trīs Jāņa Jo tik ļoti dievas pasauli mīlējas, ka viņš devis savu vienpiedzimu šo dēlu, lai neviens, kas viņam tic, nepazustu, bet dabūtu mūžīgo dzīvību.
2: Yes, well, I'd been through a sort of very tough period, and um, a friend of mine suggested that I, you know, meet a lady or something and try and get my life back together again, and I met this lovely lady. The only trouble was she was a Christian, and she said, well, if you don't become a Christian, really, I can't go out with you. So that was really how it all started. She took me to church, and unlike the church and the orphanage I used to go to, I just felt such love there, and um, from there... You know, the Lord just started to take over my life on a gradual trend some three and a half years ago now. Yeah, well, the orphanage I was brought up in was actually when it was first established 250 years ago it was called the Fowling Hospital which is the first orphanage of its type in Britain and there were some 700 children there. We would uh, be put in the orphanage when we were two or three weeks old and then from there we would be put out to a foster mother till we were four years old then we would go back to the orphanage till we were 16. So we'd spend about 12 years and it was a very old-fashioned sort of Dickensian style orphanage. It was very, very rough. There were lots of tortures and there were lots of all sorts of bits and pieces along that line church actually which we had to go to every day and three times on sunday was really like a punishment because if we did something wrong the master would usually say well learn psalm 34 or whatever and if you didn't learn that bit you got six with the cane so church wasn't a good thing for us and so it's probably why i spent 40 years in the wilderness before i started to go to church again Yes, it was um, something that uh, at the age of 60-odd I never expected to experience because I hadn't really been in any sort of trouble with the police or anything like that. And uh, But my children, I had married a Canadian lady and um, she had actually kidnapped the children to Canada after the British courts were sorting out a divorce thing and, and who was going to sort of have the children. So, she kidnapped them to Canada, and uh, so then it became for three and a half years my battle against Canadian government, because there are all sorts of agreements which uh, say that if some child is kidnapped to Canada or any other country, they must be returned, but the Canadians didn't honour this in any way, so I was left to the stage where, after three and a half frantic years of trying to see my children, and even with a court order against my Canadian wife telling her to return them to England, I really did it my way and I did a hoax kidnapping with a Christian lady I was supposed to kidnap a Canadian family and uh, for 17 hours we sat in this small house surrounded by police with guns and everything and we talked uh, talked about her life and things like that and I managed to get to talk to my children um, for the first time in three and a half years so but when I came out, obviously, I was arrested. And uh, when I went to trial, I got two years, of which I spent sort of, if you're a good boy, which I was, I only actually did one year in prison itself. Seven months was in Exeter prison and five months was in Dartmoor. Yeah, the trouble with Exeter prison was that when people l- look at the word Dartmoor, it, it terrifies them. But Exeter was the absolute, you know, sort of hellhole, really. Uh, most, most of the cells are very small and they've got three people in them. And... um There are so many people... I was actually in the hospital wing and there were so many people who actually should have been in a mental home. Since the the Mental Health Act has changed in Britain, a lot of the young people who are mentally ill finish up in prison and it's just painful at night to sit and listen to the howling of people that are in absolute agony, that find it very claustrophobic to be stuck in a cell and some of these people have done sort of very minor things and it sort of worries me about prisons today when uh, we think of a few weeks back where a lady, who didn't pay the television license was sent to prison. I said, you know, what sort of state are we getting into where Britain has more people in prisons than the whole of Europe put together? Now, in Exeter, people hung themselves around me. Two people hung themselves dead in the cell opposite me. Within three weeks, um, I found a person hanging up in the bathroom one day. It is, it's a terrible place. And uh, I think it's nice to know now that God is moving into these places. When I left Exeter, To go to Dartmoor, God was already moved in His Spirit. He was actually coming into the church, and with Bill Birdwood, who was the vicar there then, um, the Lord did some wonderful things and He was taking away the incredible pain which some prisoners go through. Uh, There are so many people there who I feel are there through injustices, and when we think something like 60% of people that are in prison can neither read nor write and they've been abused most of their life, I just feel the failure is from us outsiders. that these people have the lives they have. So, yeah, Exeter prison was really a hellhole, and, and Dartmoor really was a bit of a pussycat after Exeter.
1: As regarding change, I think the most dramatic change is in how the Lord has changed him since he became a Christian, and that followed on his visit to our church, Holy Trinity in St Austell, where he was really blessed. He had three visions at different times, whereupon the Lord really let him know that he was God and that he was a loving father. And then he gave his life to the Lord. And from then on, I can see that the Holy Spirit has really changed him completely. Basically, when I first met him, he was living more or less as a hermit. He could only walk a few paces because of his emmy was so bad he was frightened of doing many things when he first came to the church he would only sit at the back of the church he was very phobic he was very nervous he was very um, unsure of other people and relationships and gradually over the months that changed until he became confident and- realised that God loved him and physically he grew stronger because we started to go for little walks and things like that and his confidence grew, I think, as our love grew. Um, During his time in prison, he also was greatly blessed. Barry Kissel came in and laid hands on him and he had the wonderful experience of God's healing power coming upon him and totally removing all the pain of his me and from then on he changed completely until the day he came out of prison when he was totally healed and threw away his walking sticks and has gone from strength to strength yes I did when I first knew he was in prison I was really shaken up and uh, horrified at the prospect of having to visit somebody in prison in fact the first time that I went to Exeter one of my daughters came with me and I don't know which one of us was shaking the most um, it was entirely new experience to go into a waiting room where all the people of the convicts were waiting to visit and most of them were not of the same type, can I put it that way, as I'd been used to, um, dressed in very garish clothes and, um, oh gosh, it's hard to describe, but as we walked through the um, prison door and up the hill would be prisoners um, shouting obscenities out of the bars from the top windows and uh, as we walked into the um, waiting room it wasn't very pleasant because sometimes there would be vomit spilt all over the floor and it was just an eye-opener to have to go in and sit at a table and be with all the prisoners there. Yes,
2: uh, this is a story of a chap in the book who I called Marshall and who was probably uh, one of the biggest animals in the prison at the time. I feel sad to call him an animal now because he's an entirely different person now. But the thing was that when he first came back from trial there were seven of us in the ward and there was a couple of murderers, a couple of rapists and uh, different people and he was thrown in a ward with us and he was really screaming because of the terrific pain he had in his uh, head. He was also screaming at people through the bars. He was shouting at the warden so nobody would actually come near him. And during this time, after that, I had actually been healed myself of the ME pain, I often felt the Lord saying to me, you know, pray for someone or heal somebody. And uh, I just felt that the Lord was there, you know, saying sort of pray for him. But the trouble was that I'd been speaking to one of the prison warders who said that whilst he was on trial, he had actually knocked the policeman out of the dock and he'd ripped the chair out that he was sitting on, which was actually screwed to the floor, and he'd thrown it at the judge. And then he'd run down the back to the cells at the back there and he'd broken the cell doors off. And then he had peed and pooped everywhere. And then he had picked up the um, poop and wrote on the wall A-C-A-B, which uh, when I was talking to prison office, he said, well, that meant all Christians are beautiful. And I thought, well, that, that's rather nice. But uh, I felt he could have used a different chalk. But the thing was that, uh, you know, after the prison officer said, no, I was only joking, it means all cops are baskets or something similar to that. So this man was thrown in the ward with us and unlike the murderers in the wards who had probably stabbed someone to death or strangled someone here was a man that, that had been like an animal all his life he'd fought his nose was bent over his you know his eyes were staring and here he was screaming and screaming so I just felt the Lord say to me heal him and I thought well I just wish you hadn't said that Lord because like this guy looks pretty dangerous to me and I went over and I said to him you know sometimes when I put my hands on people's heads they get better I I had prayed for people before and nothing had happened, so this was a little bit of a white lie. So oh, I was a Christian, but I was still adjusting. I was getting refined a bit. Anyhow, I uh, did um, say to him this while he turned around and, and he gave me all the worst obscene words I'd ever heard, so I thought I'd withdraw to my bed before he killed me straight away. A few minutes later, he ran past me and dived on his bed, and he said, ''Okay, put your hands on me, see if anything happens.'' So I hobbled around on my crutches, and I put my hand on his head, and I just said in Jesus' name, ''Be healed.'' And the Lord healed him there
3: and then. This is
0: gospel for you. And you've just been listening in to Your Gospel, John 3.16 in Hebrew, a life story, a testimony from an ex-prisoner who spent time at Dartmoor, and Your Gospel in Latvian. Your Gospel, as I said earlier, is the Essence of the Gospel, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. And that made available in different languages. And uh, in each of these Gospel for You programs, we have three of these Gospel for You sessions that you can hear. Now let's get to our Scripture and our theme: Knowing God more than a refuge and in the first part of our program we read out from psalm 59 verse 16 and also psalm 91 when there were loads and loads of promises from god reminding us of god's various names as well and uh, so we're going to be exploring god as more than a refuge as we go through in just a minute and here from alex john strachan let's have a reminder of Psalm 59 verse 16 But I will sing of your strength in the morning I will sing of your love For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble But we're realizing that God is so much more Than just a refuge in times of trouble I don't think you could ever fully describe God adequately Yet the Bible is a whole complete compendium all about God and even if we were to have written the Bible ourselves we could never get to the end of who God is and what God is about more than a refuge he's much more than a savior but he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross in our place and that's what you're going to be hearing in this next message from Alex John Strachan
3: now it's good to see everyone here today. Thank you so much for coming along to the meeting and we just trust the Lord will bless us as we read his word together and seek to preach the wonderful message of the gospel from his word. I'm going to read some verses today from the gospel of Mark in our New Testament, Mark gospel in chapter 2. And we're going to read about one of the miracles of the Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. This is the word of the Lord. And again, he that is Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying, When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic man, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this. I trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to us today. Lest there's any feeling discouraged today, it is a mistake on the notices. I'm not speaking again next Sunday, just to clarify that at the beginning. Uh, We've read today one of the wonderful miracles of the Lord Jesus and just at the start of the meeting today it's good just to emphasize that the message we preach it's not about us Uh, and it's not about what we think uh, and it's not about, you know, our kind of uh, teaching but the message that we preach today is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are here today and we can say uh, with one from the Word of God that we preach Christ and Him crucified. And so let me at the beginning of the meeting just emphasize the fact that the Lord Jesus is the central focus of our message today. And the purpose of our meeting is that if you do not know Him as your own Savior, if you have never kept confessed Jesus is Lord, that today you might just hear the voice of God speaking to your heart and that you might just turn and trust the Lord Jesus eh, as your Savior. Eh, an old hymn comes to my mind just while I'm speaking. Eh, the, the hymn is in Redemption Songs, I think, and it is, He is not a disappointment. He is more than life to me. Uh, and that's how the Christians here feel about the Lord Jesus uh, that he is not a disappointment and oh that you might just come to know him today we've read uh, a, a story from his His life here below one of the wonderful miracles uh, and I just want us to see uh, the, the, the place first of all where this took place it's a place called Capernaum it's a place where Jesus lived and so it was in that place that he was teaching. And as he was teaching in a house in that place uh, I don't know what house it was uh, but, but the house was filled with people wanting to hear him speaking uh, and and you just couldn't get moved uh, and, and you, you couldn't get in the door. And there were a group of men who had a friend who was very very sick and they wanted to take him to the Lord Jesus. and And I don't know what the man that lived in the house would have thought, but they weren't going to be put off by the crowd. Mind you, I hope you're not put off by the crowd. You know, the crowd can keep you from coming to Christ, but the crowd on this occasion were not going to hinder these men getting their friend to Christ. And by the way, as well, it's good to have friends like that, isn't it? Maybe you're here today because friends have just asked you to come along and, and to come to the meeting today and to hear the Gospels. It's good to have friends that are trying to get you to Christ uh, and so the friends were not going to stick and they went up on the roof and they dug away the, the roof tiles or the, 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 the material of the roof and they lowered their friend down through the roof and the Lord Jesus wonderfully healed him. There's lessons for us to learn today eh, from the story I want you to to think with me. First of all, that in this story we are introduced to the greatest person, the greatest person that you will ever meet, the greatest person that ever lived. We are introduced to the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been singing about him today. How wonderful that children, you know, can come up here and do actions and they can sing about the man of Galilee, you know, the the, the sea walker and the blind man healer, and the leper cleansing man. It's the greatest person that we could ever introduce you to. And I wonder if you know him today. The the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. the, The greatest person you will ever meet. He's great because of his identity. He is the eternal son of the eternal God. The Bible teaches us that in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the the writer of those verses is speaking of this person. The Lord Jesus Christ, eternally with God, and eternally God. And so in the greatness of his person, in in his identity, he he is the greatest person, because he is God. He is God over all, blessed forever. And if all we had to present to you today was a wonderful teacher, if all we had to present to you today was, was, was the Buddha, you know, a, a wonderful person perhaps, and, and people followed him and followed his principles, but that would give you no hope. You know, it might give you some principles to live your life by, It might give you inner peace, I don't know, but it will give you no hope for eternity because we are not presenting a good man today, and we are not presenting one who is a wonderful example, though he is. But we are presenting to you the eternal Son of God, and so he is great in his identity. And because he is God, the writer could go on to say that all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. And so he is the eternal God and he is the creator of the universe. How wonderful to think of that. But we heard something this morning in our earlier meeting not only of his identity but we heard of his humility uh, and so that same writer that I've been quoting in his gospel went on to say and the word became flesh and dwelt among us uh, and how wonderful to think of the, the grace and the mercy and the humility of the Lord Jesus that although he is eternally God We heard about it today, being in the form of God and thought equality with God, uh, you know, not a robber's prize, not something to be grasped. But he, he made himself of no reputation. Mr. Wesley, in his wonderful hymn, could say it is mercy all. You know, he could say emptied himself of all but love. And just to think of the down stooping and the humility of the Lord Jesus, that he came into this world and he dwelt among men. I cannot tell why he whom angels worship should set his love upon the sons of men. And yet he did. And he came in loving kindness. Jesus came and he came into the world to save sinners And so he is great in his identity, great in his humility, great in his mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abundant in mercy. And as high as the heavens is above the earth, so great is his mercy. And so we think of the greatness of his person. Is it any wonder that you couldn't get into the house that day? I wonder now, What think ye of Christ? What does he mean to you today? Is he your saviour? And is he your Lord? To know him is to have life eternal, eternal life. The, the, The writer John could write, And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And so I wonder do we know the Lord Jesus because the first step to knowing God is to recognise who Jesus is and having done so to realise the most important thing in life is to know him as our Saviour. And know that that might be the portion of some in the meeting today. We've been quoting much from John's Gospel and John reminds us that Jesus was in the world he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not came unto his own and his own received him not but to as many as received him gave he power to be called the children of God Uh, wonderful to be with God's children this morning I wonder are you one of them have you received the Lord Jesus as your saviour and confessed him as your Lord in our story today, in the miracle that we've read of we are introduced to the greatest person we're also brought face to face with life's greatest problem And and you know you might think well I can see what you mean you know, the man had a debilitating disease, and it's a terrible problem when disease like that. But, but you might have found the story a little bit confusing. I, I did when I used to read it. You know, they, they brought the man to the Lord Jesus, and they, they, they went to great effort to bring the man and set him at the feet of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus saw the man, and he's the eternal Son of God, he's all powerful and he's all knowing and yet he looks at the man in his condition and he says to him be of good cheer child be of good cheer your sins are forgiven well you might have said oh lord that's not why we brought him here you know look, look at him but the lord jesus realized that the greatest problem that this man had and the greatest problem that had to be dealt with was that the man's sins had to be forgiven. And I don't know what problems you have brought with you because life, you know, life has problems. And and we live in a broken world and we're all just broken people. And so life brings its troubles reading through Job in, in our daily readings at the moment and, and you know we read the words as, as, as the sparks fly upward so man is born into trouble and life brings with it problems and I'm not belittling any problem you might have today but the greatest problem the greatest problem that we have is that our sins must be dealt with I had a wonderful experience at work. It's not often you can say that sentence. uh, But I had a wonderful experience at work recently when I went into a car of a colleague uh, and and I just noticed, as he was tuning in his sat-nav in the car, I just noticed, uh, I I just noticed City of Light. Christ is mine forevermore. And I got a bit of a surprise, you know. uh, And I says, I I noticed you're listening to City of Light. Oh, I love City of Light. And, and I, I didn't know the man was a Christian. Uh, I hope he knew I was. Uh, I, I hope he did. Uh, but just that two-hour journey in that car was just such a blessing, you know, to hear how this man dug, you know, from Glasgow. And, and he, he got an opportunity. Let me take five minutes. He got an opportunity to work in Dubai. And and, uh, an Indian man had invited him to take employment in Dubai. He went to Dubai. The man was a Christian and he kept asking him to church and he kept witnessing to him. And Doug was no background whatsoever, didn't know anything about the gospel or church. And while he was there, he got a call to say his father was desperately ill and he had to go home. And the last visit to his father his father said son I always promised you this watch and he says I'm going to give it to you now and he says you better have this as well and he handed him a bible and Doug said I didn't even know my father owned a bible and he says what's this about and he went away back to Dubai and and eventually this man got him to go to the church that he went to in Dubai and he started to hear the gospel reading this bible starting to think about things but this is why i started telling you this story he says you see he says i was out cycling and i was listening to this message by a a man called liam Gallagher, i think or Gallagher." and and he says he says what happened at the cross was the title of the sermon and, and, and he was being told that what happened at the cross was that sin had to be dealt with. And he says, Alec, he says, I'm cycling. And he says, it just dawned on me. He says, I've got sin. And, and my greatest issue just now was my sin. And it was just amazing hearing a man, you know, not brought up to know about these things. And all of a sudden it dawned on him that my sin must be dealt with and he realised that my sin was dealt with at the cross and he was wonderfully saved and so the greatest problem that we have that we must deal with to know God and to know the assurance of sins forgiven and to know a hope for heaven is that our sins must be dealt with and all of us are in that same position And, and, and there is no difference Because sin is a universal problem. And in Romans chapter 3 you will read that the scripture hath concluded that all are under sin. So we have here a universal problem. There's none righteous, no not one, there's none that seek God. So lest you should think today that the people that meet in this church are just people that have kind of cleaned up their lives a bit, and and they've reformed well that's not the case Uh, you know there's a fundamental universal problem that all of us have and it is that we are sinners in the sight of God it is a universal problem for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and not only a a universal problem but it is a, a personal problem and that's why In Psalm 51, it's a psalm of David when his sin had been brought before him. You you read that psalm and you will read the personal pronouns so many times. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin do you get the picture that sin is not only a universal problem because all of us can sit here and say oh I know the world's an awful place and it's getting worse the problem is not just an abstract universal problem it's a personal problem that each one of us have in our hearts and it is a problem that is not only personal but it is an eternal problem because many problems that we experience perhaps all of them they just affect this life and not the life to come but the problem of sin has an eternal effect and it will affect our eternal destiny for the Bible tells us that every sin and every transgression will receive a due recompense of reward and sin must be judged and sin must be dealt with and thankfully the the, the Christian can say Christ died for my sins and he bare my sins in his own body on the tree but if those sins are not dealt with and if we haven't by faith received God's forgiveness in eternity, we will face the great white judgment of God, and we will suffer eternal loss in what the Bible describes as the lake of fire. We are brought face to face with life's greatest problem. It is a principle. The principle of sin is this: it's a missing of the mark, and and so you can just think of that. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's maybe not appropriate to use a sports analogy uh, for such a solemn thing as sin. But, but you imagine it, you know, you're aiming for the target. Perhaps in archery, you're aiming for the target. And that is the target that must be hit. And you, you fall short. And that is the idea of sin. God has a standard. And every one of us falls short of that standard. Not only is sin a a terrible principle, but there's a terrible power associated with it. It will will enslave us, and it will control us, and it will bring us into into bondage and slavery. Uh, And so he that sins is a servant unto sin, the Lord Jesus could say. Sin is a presence, the presence of sin within us. And... We don't need to be told that really because we know what's in our hearts. And and you know, maybe 99% of the time we are very civilized. But when that car cuts you off in the morning on your way to work or when someone steps in front of you in the queue or when someone says something unkind about you you'll soon know about the presence of sin and all that rises up in you. And sin as we have thought today has a terrible penalty and God in his holiness we sang of it holy 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 God in his holiness must punish sin if not in time in eternity but then let me come to the good news of the gospel and let me speak about the greatest pardon there is forgiveness for sin and it is possible that sins can be completely blotted out. And so there's a wonderful provision being made for the forgiveness. The psalmist could say in Psalm 130, Out of the depths I have cried unto thee. And perhaps that's where you are today. You're just realizing for the first time <coughs> excuse me, that you are in the depths of sin and despair. And the psalmist in that psalm goes on to say, Lord, if you should mark iniquity, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be fear. Uh, and so Campbell Morgan in his commentary in the gospel says that there, there, there they heard the word forgiven thy sins are forgiven there they heard the word forgiven the word for which the heart of any honest man longs to hear more than any other maybe you're here today and you just long to hear the word forgiven god has provided the forgiveness of sins he's provided it in the person of the lord jesus christ Through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Acts chapter 13. The the price for forgiveness has been paid. Eh, Wonderful to think of that. That through his blood we have the forgiveness of sins. In him we have redemption. Through his blood the forgiveness of sins. And so the price of forgiveness is the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there is... The, the, the wonderful provision of forgiveness and it's in a person, it's in the Lord Jesus Christ, and He alone can forgive sins. Please don't think you know that, that that a visit to a church building and a visit to a confessional and confessing your sins to a man will bring absolution. And don't think the saying of prayers and the doing of penance will forgive sins forgiveness is in Christ alone and on his finished work and and so the greatest pardon the prophet Isaiah could say seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God and listen, he will abundantly pardon. And so there is the greatest pardon. There is forgiveness from sins uh, of the deepest dye. Uh, I quoted City Alight. I, I think this is them. Again, no fate I dread. I know I am forgiven. The future sure. The price it has been paid. For Jesus bled and suffered for my pardon. And he was raised to overthrow the grave. To this I hold my sin has been defeated. Jesus now and ever is my plea. The chains are released and I can sing I am free. Yet not I but Christ in me. Wonderful. To know that the Lord Jesus has power on earth to forgive sins. He can forgive you today. Forgiveness, the greatest pardon. Uh, I, I was struggling with the choruses, the actions. I'm, I'm from Peterhead, uh, so you'll maybe understand. It's, uh, and, and, and sometimes I have to remind people, well, the, the Christians here were happy inside. Uh but, but, but there is a, a chorus isn't there you ask me why I'm happy I'll just tell you why because my sins are gone and when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are my sins are gone they're underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary as far removed as darkness is from dawn in the sea of God's forgetfulness that's good enough for me. Praise God my sins are gone. And so we see the greatest pardon that has been provided. And we see the greatest power. And the Lord Jesus has the power not only to forgive sins. But he says to this man take up your bed and walk. And immediately he rose. And he walked. And so the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to change lives. And the power To transform lives. And so when someone comes to know the Lord Jesus, they are not the same. Oh that we might grasp that today. Everything's different. And everything's new. And and the, the chorus says, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought. And so the Lord Jesus, we see the greatest power and the way that this man acted or behaved was completely different after he met Jesus and that's how it should be if any man be in Christ he's a new creature and everybody looking at this man you know what a difference they would have seen and that's a challenge that's a challenge to us as believers isn't it because what we say is one thing but what we are and how we act as another. And the greatest thing required of us is that we follow the Lord Jesus. And we walk as he walked. And so there's a wonderful change. And not only has Christ the power to save and the power to change. But how wonderful that he has the power to keep. My final point today is in this story we see the greatest privilege Uh, And remember, I told you the name of the place where Jesus was, Uh, and so the greatest privilege uh, that we can enjoy. The Lord Jesus said of Capernaum that it was, it was exalted to heaven because of the privilege that it had, but it was brought down to hell. And that is tragic, isn't it, to have such a privilege and yet not to know the blessing of the Lord and to reject it. And that's what happened in Capernaum. Uh, J.C. Ryle, Bishop Ryle, wonderful writer, expository thoughts in the Gospels, uh, really good as a daily devotional. He, He writes that no city in Palestine appears to have enjoyed so much of our Lord's presence during his earthly ministry. As did this city. It was the place where he dwelt. place where Jesus lived. After he left Nazareth. It was a place where he did many miracles. And where his sermons, many sermons were delivered. But nothing that Jesus said or did seems to have had any effect on the hearts of the inhabitants. They crowded to hear him until there was no room. They were amazed and they were astonished. And they were filled with wonder, but they were not converted. They lived in the full noontime blaze of the Son of Righteousness, and yet their hearts remained hard. I trust there's none today, if they hear the voice of God, will harden their heart. And I trust as we've looked again at this miracle of the Lord Jesus, that the Spirit of God might just speak quietly into our hearts and might reveal the Lord Jesus to us, might show us what we are, might show us what He is, and that we might just trust Him as our Saviour and confess Him as our Lord. We'll just bow in prayer. Our Father, as we bow in Thy presence at the close of our meeting today, we're just so thankful for the Lord Jesus. We're thankful for the greatness of his person and we're thankful for the greatness of his works and for the greatness of his work at the place called Calvary. And we're thankful that these miracles that the Lord Jesus did, they're they're just pictures to us of the great power in salvation and the salvation that he has provided. And we just pray that the word of God might be a blessing to some today, an eternal blessing to some and that it might be to the blessing of your people today here in Fernie Bless the word of God, we pray, and bless each one that is here. We ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen.
0: Alex John Strachan speaking at Fernilee Gospel Hall, giving a real gospel message. This is Gospel for You. My name's Rob Rowe, and our theme today is Knowing God is More Than a Refuge. God is more than a refuge, and as you heard, He is Saviour. He is Lord. He is King. He is Sovereign. Psalm 59 verse 16 But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. This section of the program right now is an opportunity for you to respond. First of all, we're going to put everything that we have thought about, everything we've heard together into a prayer. And then give you the opportunity to respond to what you have heard. So let's pray. Dear Lord God, you are such a big, almighty, and knowing God. It is impossible to know you fully, even as we are humans. And I think for that many people, often would shy away from trying to fully comprehend, shy away from reading the Bible, shy away from praying. Yet I pray, Lord God, that they would not shy away. But Lord, that even through what people have heard this very evening, even through what people will hear, perhaps as they listen to this as a podcast, Lord God, that you will speak more deeply into their hearts because you can. Lord God, bring the things that people have heard alive for them, that, Lord, they might know, they might hear, they might see, they might experience. They might realise in their hearts that what has been said is true. And, Lord God, that there are so many facets of you. Bring alive the different ways in which you are described in the Bible, So that when people open the Bible, they might experience you in a totally different, new and wonderful way. Open their hearts that they might desire more. And be drawn to your word. Be drawn to following your word. To doing your word. And to being the people you want them to be. I pray all these things in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now listeners, here's an opportunity, if you have been listening to what we've been saying and would like to respond and say, I would like Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Saviour, this is your time. So let's go and pray. Dear Lord, I'm sorry about the way that I have led my life. My wrong attitudes, choices, actions... The words I've spoken to people, thoughts, but also those things I have not done and the ways in which I have let people down through broken promises and in other ways. Lord, please forgive me. Please help me to repent. Please now come into my life by your Spirit to be my lord and saviour forever and help me to be the person you want me to be amen listeners if you've spoken those words if you've said that prayer with your heart then as you've said that prayer you've accepted christ jesus as your lord and saviour jesus christ is son of god and god has accepted you that means that because of his death on the cross and his resurrection. All the things that you've done wrong and the th- the things that you've confessed before God have been wiped away. God regards you as clean and he now wants you to come to know him forever through prayer in a much more intimate way. Know him through his word. Know him by doing his word. And you can. Heavenly Father, I present all these people to you who have accepted you and Lord, once again, pray that you your open the bible your word to them listeners we would love you to let us know if you have said that prayer please send an email to info at g4g.org.uk i'll be back next week at the same time god willing and i look forward to catching you then in the meanwhile i say bye-bye for now and i leave you with your gospel in tamil யோவான் மூண்டு பதினாரே. தேவன் தமுடைய ஒரே பேரான குமாரனை விசுவாசிக்கிறவன் எவனோ அவன் கெட்டுப் போோகாமல் நித்தியஜீவனை அடையும் படிக்கே அவரைத் தந்தொருடி இவ்வளவாயுலகத்தில் அன்பு கூறுந்தார்.